Elliott, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 38 of Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast with myself and my good friend Matt Kelly, founder of Radical Compliance, where we take a deep dive into a compliance topic into the weeds. We really enjoy uh, geeking out on some compliance topic, and today is no different as we go deep into the weeds to discuss the use of artificial intelligence in the compliance Matt and I have both written about this, and we will link to our post in the show notes, but we give you a really good uh, review of where artificial intelligence could take the next level of compliance. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. I am back with my good friend and colleague, Matt Kelly, for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds where Matt and I take a deep dive into a topic of interest. And uh, for all you data geeks out there today, we have a treat for you because we are going to geek out on AI, big data, and compliance. But Matt, first, why don't you tell us uh, where you are and what you're doing this week? Sure, yeah. So I've been all over the place lately, Tom. Um, Last week, I was in New York briefly at the Thomson Reuters Financial Risk Summit where we spoke about AI and compliance. So that's what led me to be thinking about it lately. And then I had uh, another meeting earlier this week in New York on cybersecurity and the new state rules for financial firms in New York about how they approach cybersecurity and regulatory compliance. And then, as of this moment, I am down in lovely Miami where the Charles Schwab Compliance Solutions Conference is happening. And uh, if I brought my laptop over to the balcony, we could have the beach rolling in the background. But I think I'll just stay where it's nice and air-conditioned for now. Well, we'll uh, we'll let you stay with the air-conditioned, but we'll envision the surf pounding up against your hotel uh, as we speak so that we'll give uh, everyone who may be afraid of big data and AI uh, some comfort and ease because we wanted to really talk about some of the ways uh, you can use it and some of the mistakes people made. Now, Matt, you've got a a post up entitled Don't Art Outsmart Yourself, AI Compliance. Why don't you kind of walk us through uh, what you were thinking about? What led you to write this post? Sure. So the, I had been thinking about it lately um, because I I know that artificial intelligence and AI is a buzzword these days, along with reg tech, which I think is similar to AI, but not quite. Uh, but they are definitely cousins in compliance technology. And like I say in my post, I am a fan of artificial intelligence because real intelligence certainly needs a whole lot of help these days, but it only should be an adjunct to human intelligence and oversight of corporate risks. And my fear is that too often we are going to lose the distinction between big data analysis that might help us see patterns in customer behavior, in third parties, in regulatory compliance. It might help us see patterns, that's big data, or is the program actually going to start making decisions without telling humans that they're doing it, which I would say is more artificial intelligence, and there can be more risks in AI doing that, uh, taking over more and more decisions without humans first fully understanding what we're getting ourselves into. That's that's my cautionary note about all You're not this. talking about Skynet becoming self-aware, are you? No, but I am talking about computer programs at an airline saying you should uh, overbook and bump this person here and drag this person off the plane because according to his flight patterns and spending patterns, he's the most sacrificable person 
out of the hundreds on a plane, which the computer might think makes perfect sense, but the computer might not know this person is a doctor with patients he needs to see in the morning, or might be a bridesmaid who is the maid of honor for her college roommate's wedding, and she would never willfully give up her chance to miss that. You know, there are all these other things that humans can easily see and appreciate that AI can't. And that's where I start to, to worry. Now, maybe when we're much older, we'll have Skynet worries too, but you know, there's still a whole lot of external factors that I don't think AI knows how to evaluate nearly as well as a human. And if we skip that, we get into all sorts of messy situations. And that's what I worry about. So the execution of those decisions that you talked about still is left in human hands. So I guess I would still articulate that that's a program making a recommendation, but at the end of the day, it's a human who executed the decision to either call the police or uh, and have the passenger physically dragged off the plane or ask certain passengers to leave the plane. So at this point, I'm not seeing AI making the decision, but as I talk through that, maybe it's that uh, the uh, individuals or human beings, if you want to use that non-technical phrase, are the people simply executing something that uh, a computer has recommended to them? I, you know, I think about this a lot because it is a subtle but important point, especially for compliance officers, because we are all for strong, clear policies and clear procedures that do get followed. But in that case, we are losing the the need for human judgment here. And really, let's go and let's take United Airlines and the famous case of throwing the doctor off of the plane a few weeks ago. Um, essentially, that doctor was asking for an exception request to the policy that he should be the one who gets removed from the airplane. And he had a very valid reason that I think any human would be able to at least appreciate, if not necessarily agree with, but I think most people would agree with what he was saying. But, you know, you would need to exercise some judgment there. And you are basically telling the employee or the need there is for the employee to know this is when I deviate from company policy, because deviating is actually in the interest of the core values of United, which theoretically would be good customer service. It's an important distinction, and it somewhat runs counter to what we always tell employees all the other times, you're supposed to follow policy and procedure. Unless there are some extenuating circumstances, then you have to think about it. And AI diminishes that part. And you could get lulled into a false complacency that this is what AI is telling us to do, so we have to do it. And you wind up with this foolish consistency. And like, uh, I can't remember who it was who said that, but a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. and that can get you into a lot of trouble. Um, you know, how do we handle exception requests that deal with factors AI is not programmed to accommodate or could quantify? You know, you can't really put a price on the importance of attending your best friend's wedding as the best man or maid of honor. Um, but AI can quantify everything else, but it's a powerful exception request that you know, how can people do this? How can they use judgment there and know when to step in and say the AI is wrong? That's what we need to figure out. So you've also thought about and wrote about the importance of uh, input values. Is this just a, a larger discussion of garbage in, garbage out, or is it something else? Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's garbage in. Uh, I wouldn't qualify it as garbage, but 
Um, there are some types of information or criteria that are going to be more important than others. And we are very good at creating very sophisticated AI for quantifiable data, your flight patterns, your spending patterns, you know, based on your current and past spending patterns, what is the probability you will keep spending more with the airline? AI can figure all of that out, but um, it can't necessarily it can't necessarily value, evaluate and quantify the more, I'll say, soft or ethical values, the moral values and uh, emotional experiences that we all take for granted. And we know how to sort out what's important and what's not. I don't, that's not garbage. It's very important, but you know, like evaluate it, put a number, scale from one to 10. How important is it that you make a business meeting or attend a birth of a child or something like that? You know, we, we don't yet know how to do that. I don't think, or I think if we believe we know how to do it, there's still going to be plenty of times when we might fall into a, a mistake, a pitfall, a trap of some kind. I guess I would see that as really the sophistication of your AI program, because if you uh, because you can sit down and actually manually plot those, and then you have to input that into some either a spreadsheet or an algorithm uh, that can make those decisions. So I, I guess I just see that as as a more sophisticated type of AI. And, you know, maybe 30 years from now, we'll have a different conversation about this. I don't know enough about the sophistication of AI to say for certain when we might be able to accommodate this or if we are already accommodating it. I think to a certain extent, we might just want to ask, is it worth it to invest all the time to develop such a sophisticated program? Or could you focus more on training and core values and just say to your employees, when somebody refuses to get up off of the airline and give up a seat, you know, double the amount of money, triple it, quadruple it, and offer it to everybody. Somebody's going to solve that problem. Somebody will get off the, the plane at that point. And then you've found a much faster way and a simpler way to alleviate what could be a very dangerous problem. Um, as United learned, with it became just a horrendous reputation risk gone wrong. Um, yeah, so I I don't quite know, but I do think that uh, we still have a lot to learn to figure out how to use AI well and square it with core values and ethical conduct as humans recognize it. Does that tie into your third point of problems of scale, or is that something different? It's a little bit different because I do think, you know, when I was talking about United at one of the conferences I attended, uh, somebody basically stood up and challenged me and said, really, all this is is that companies need to pay better attention to customer service. Is that, is that really new? Are we passing this off as news? No, he's right. That person who said that, this was not new, but com companies had a much easier time of providing high-quality customer service and exercising good judgment in the past because businesses were smaller in the past. And as we scale up and deal with a larger enterprise and try and automate handling of customers or third parties, handling of sophisticated, high-touch tasks like that that require a lot of judgment, it gets very difficult to automate the exercise of good judgment. And that's where we struggle. Um, so there are certainly some tasks that are ripe for AI. And I would qualify those more as reg tech, you know, automating the compliance tasks that we need to do. But, 
then we get into the question of how much judgment is involved in this particular compliance task. If it is low judgment and fairly repetitive, sure, we can automate it and we can bring more AI into it. But if we have to reinvent the wheel of good judgment every time for every transaction, and occasionally we do, I see that as really hard for AI to master. And we shouldn't fall into the trap that AI can do all things. and It's just a matter of time. I don't know that that's true. So, Matt, I think it was, uh, I can't remember, frankly, it was last year, but it may have actually been two years ago when you first uh, put in my head the visualization of a compliance officer trying to have a straight line of sight on data. And you use the, uh, the example of a string that uh, is uh, folded upon itself and then curves and straightening it out so that you could have, uh, the compliance officer could have a straight line of sight. And I've, that has struck, struck me at the time and has stuck with me since that time. And really that informs much of the way I think about AI because I tend to think about it in how can you use it in either a business process or more importantly, to make uh, the company run more efficiently and uh, at the end of the day, be more profitably, be more profitable. So um, when I think about the data that's available inside of a corporation, um, the first level of analysis is the just get a handle on the data and be able to see it. But then if you move to any type of um, extrapolations from that data, that to me seems to be moving more towards AI. So if you have a uh, salesman who is um, uh, making sales to a foreign government or a state-owned enterprise, has a high amount of spend on gifts, travel, and entertainment, obviously from the compliance perspective, that may be an a, an important inquiry, but it also could be an inquiry into the sales cycle and what's mm-hmm. the rate of return on the sales cycle and various other analysis that uh, you could do. And so uh, is the types of things you've been thinking about tie into that basic analogy you gave me a couple of years ago? It does. Yeah. It's just that we need to know just because you can see suddenly down the lane, you know, you pull that string and everything snaps into an alignment and you can see right down to, to what the conclusion is. You know, that's what big data analysis does, in my opinion. But AI then proceeds down that path to the logical conclusion. And I think we need to exercise more caution about that. So let me give a let me get away from the overbooking in the United example and give something more tangible for compliance officers. Sure, we can use big data analytics to study travel and entertainment expenses and maybe um, demographic factors of your employees to find people most likely to offer a bribe and whose spending might suggest they already have offered a bribe and you might have an FCPA violation. You can use big data analytics, and there are firms that do this today, to get huge insights into who is a probable FCPA violator or when you might have one. But would you want to automate the disclosure of an FCPA violation? That once you determine it, then it automatically fires off uh, an email to the fraud section of the Justice Department. I I think most general counsels would have a heart attack at that idea. But technically speaking, yeah, sure, you could do that. You could build that extra feature in in less than a a week. But, you know, would we really want to start automating some of the governance of these compliance challenges? You know, the, the chores and the routines that's one thing you can automate, but the actual oversight of it, and uh, like Tom, as you said, you know, somebody actually doing compliance, I don't know that we want to automate the doing of compliance to algorithms and machines. We still need humans to know how to do this. 
Um, and that's where I start to get skittish about AI and how we might be getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, that seems to me to be really moving into the area of, uh, I don't want to say subject matter expertise, but judgmental issues and judgment or judgment that I still think uh, is important to have a professional overlooking that. But I guess uh, I would argue that uh, having as much information as possible, even if it's a computer program saying based upon all of these factors, you have a risk ratio or a risk ranking of X to Y, and it's uh, something that may require further investigation on your part. Yeah, that, that sounds fine. You know, I'm all for big data analytics uncovering patterns that human brains might not be able to see. And I think that big data analytics does that today and helps us find patterns that you know we're not able to find on our own intellectual capacities. But uh, as soon as we start to get to more higher level, exercising a judgment, making a decision that cannot be walked back, um, you know, there are some AI programs that can do things like that, and that can have some significant consequences. Um, you can wind up in places you don't want your company to be. And I, frankly, I, I just don't think that we are anywhere near able to handle that as a society and as companies yet, uh, starting to automate and hand over bigger tasks. Uh, so I, I get to be a little cynical about the potential of AI for some of these tasks. <laughs> Big data analytics, all for it. Love it. But then, you know, what do we do with this information if we do whatever the computer tells us to do? That's not good. And that I, I think investors, regulators, uh, third parties, they would see that and frown on it, which is exactly what happened with United. I mean, it wasn't a compliance violation to take that uh, doctor off of the plane, but everybody hated the decision that the computers told the employees they should make. Um we constructed a system where it was very easy for employees to put good judgment on hold and see, do our actions match with the core values the company would really want to uphold? Um, I suspect there are other examples that are in anti-corruption, antitrust, signing business contracts, bid rigging and whatnot that uh, you know we really need to think long and hard about, do we understand all this yet? I don't know that we do. So let me change the subject just a little bit because I've been thinking about uh, this next topic uh, quite a bit, which is, are there any um, tasks in the compliance world that would lend themselves to a utilization of big data or even an AI solution? So, for instance, uh, a, a due diligence rating or yeah. a, um, a KYC rating or a, a suspicious activity report uh, analysis. Are the, uh, have you really thought about that? Are there any tasks? Because that's what I'm uh, beginning to get questions on. Are there tasks that could be outsourced to this type of solution with an appropriate uh, actual uh, compliance officer or human being oversight? Yeah, I, I think all of those things that you listed, they're spot on and ripe for big data automation. Um, I know there are companies that are selling that and customers who are buying it today. Um, you know, any task that has to be done at scale and is largely going to be the same, which gets us dangerously close to uttering the word checklist, which I know is a dirty word and we're not supposed to, but really big data goes through a checklist of software code to perform a certain number of tasks. And, you know, so automating due diligence, I think is fine. I think fraud analysis, um, is excellent for it. I think probably collecting evidence for testing your internal controls in many ways that could be automated. 
Um, you know, I know that in financial services in particular, they are very eager to get customer onboarding automated and streamlined across borders because it is a globalized competitive world for providing financial advice. And so if you have to keep onboarding the same customer with a form that he has to print out and sign at the very end after 19 different clicks through a website, and he has to do it all over again if he moves to from the United States to the UK or to Spain or something like that, how do we move away from that? So that's just all one global interface. Financial services firms are all over that, and they are working mightily on reg tech to get that done. So there's plenty of ways you can make it start to work and that it could work very well. Well, Matt, uh, this has just been a fascinating uh, discussion and topic, and I think that we are we only scratched the surface, but we may be really at the start of this discussion going forward, and I really look forward to uh, continuing this with you. We shall see where it goes. Thank you again. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Matt and I would love to hear from you. You can reach Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. You can reach me, Tom Fox, at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help improve our rankings and also get the word out about the only compliance podcast which goes deep into the weeds of a compliance topic. I hope you will join us for our next episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.